Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us on Market View. I'm Bharati Jagdish. Now, from tech giants to fashion brands, everyone's placing their bets on the metaverse. Users traverse a virtual world that mimics aspects of the physical world using such technologies as virtual reality, augmented reality, AI, social media, digital currencies. It's a whole lot of things. Now, in the financial world specifically, some banks are eyeing and carving first mover advantage. And they are doing this by carving out their own spaces in the metaverse, a virtual world estimated to represent a $1 trillion market opportunity. For more on this, we're joined now by Sachin Mittal. He is head of telecom, media and tech research at DBS. Hi, Sachin. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> so, Sachin, so much hype over the metaverse, and this has been going on for several years, I would say. And especially in the past year, since Meta started talking all about the metaverse. But a lot of surveys show that businesses and even individuals are having a very hard time wrapping their heads around this concept. I mean, one of the key pieces of definition is 3D virtual worlds. But I'm sure it goes beyond that. What can you tell us about how you define the metaverse? Actually, you're right. Uh, less than 15% of people understand what is metaverse. Mm, and, and the reason is, you know, it's a mix of various things, as you mentioned, virtual reality, augmented reality, and hence not clear. So the way I'll put it across is that it is a digital reality which is interacting with a physical reality. So uh, if I have to give you an example, I think the one of the most basic examples was Pokemon Go, where you're looking for Pokemon on real physical locations. So mm-hmm. A video game is a complete digital experience, while a metaverse uh, is kind of having the interaction between digital and the physical. And at some point, which we haven't reached so far, uh, we'll have the, we'll blur the boundaries between the two. You know, we'll not really care whether it's a physical or digital, because that's how it will be. Uh, they are continuous, persistent, content. So that's how I look at metaverse, simplistically. Right. I see what you mean. And I'm sure even that definition will change as more and more people start to get in on developing metaverses and figuring out how to make them seamlessly connect with each other as well. You know, the idea of digital twins and things like that. Some people have expressed a lot of concern over this. For example, what rights I have in the metaverse? Do they translate into the real world and vice versa? Stuff like that. How are you processing all of this? So whenever any new thing or new technology development happens, there will be a lot of gray areas. Regulations will take time to catch up. So, I mean, I can tell you, ideally, Metaverse should have some digital authentication system that, you know, this is this guy, this is person A and this is person B, and this is avatar of person A. That should be done. Will it be done in the near term? No, not really. So initially, we will not even have interconnected Metaverses. We have individual Metaverses, okay? Mm. And I think it will take some time before they become interoperable. And uh, so in, in, in the meantime, there will be islands of, you know, metaverses which are coming up from different companies, whether from Microsoft or, or Facebook, any of these guys or from Web3 companies. A lot of people, I can tell you, confuse digital currencies with meta- metaverse. And I can tell you both are very different concepts. Digital currency is more like decentralization mm. and, you know, it's called Web3. Okay. Yes. 
while for metaverse it should be run by the mainstream companies like microsoft facebook and also web3 companies like decentraland and sandbox so it will be done by both type of companies and i think mainstream companies have an edge because they have a lot much bigger customer base Mm. We can talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. But since you mentioned Microsoft and Meta, they formed a Metaverse Standards Forum recently. And it's all about fostering the development of industry standards to make Metaverse digital worlds compatible with each other. What do you think of that? Yeah, that is the first step so that there's interoperability. And when you develop an app for one of the members, it also works on other members of the forum. So ultimately, it's a step toward, toward interoperability for at least for the developers, you know, at least uh, they can uh, develop for one and it works on another platform. And, uh, but again, I, I think, it, 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 you know, it needs much more than this forum. You know, we'll, it will take a lot more years before we see actual interoperability. Mm. Based on what you know now, what will all of this mean for financial systems and financial markets, Sachin? So just now you mentioned uh, one trillion assets. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I thought the, in our report we mentioned by 2030 it will be three trillion, mm. 11 trillion right. uh, metaverse size. If it is so big size, how can financial institutions remain away? You know, they can't stay away because the digital assets will be too big to ignore, and they need to do transactions on those digital assets and. For that, financial institutions can't create their own metaverses because, in, in, in our opinion, financial institutions or banks can't generate the kind of content which will pull people. Mm. But, but banks can actually, you know, they can uh, sit in those popular metaverses where transactions are going to happen. Perhaps give us some specific examples of how you see this unfolding then. Yeah, so I'll see a metaverse being uh, uh, controlled or rather say dictated by the content providers, you know, the video gamers or the content providers like, like for Marvel, Disney. You know, these are the guys who have multi-generational content experience. And end of the day, that content will pull all the people, right? And there'll be infrastructure providers who, who kind of uh, provide the augmented reality platforms virtual reality platforms, AI platforms. And then that is how a metaverse will be formed. And banks need to be there on popular metaverses, trying to be the, uh, you know, the intermediary between these metaverses. Let me give you an example. Today, mm. if you buy even a gold and take it from one country to another country, there are a lot of things, you know. You have to comply with the custom rules of both the countries. You have to declare the value in the receiving country, in local currency. You have to account for the taxes, even for simple transaction as taking gold. So if you're buying assets in one metaverse, and taking it to another metaverse, it will in, in, it will have a lot of legal and uh, financial complexity. And that's where the bank will kick in. Right, right. I can totally see it happening. We're speaking with Sachin Mittal, head of telecom media and tech research at DBS. Here's the thing, Sachin. What sort of asset classes can we expect to see in the metaverse? These days, I'm hearing a lot about people buying land on the moon and things like that. Some of it sounds like a scam. So what exactly are we looking at here? Or land in a moon metaverse, for instance, you know? Yeah, yeah. We have all seen that last year, which was a very different year. Anything could be sold <laughs> last year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why? Yeah. Because people were more vulnerable to just falling for anything? No, I think disruption. People were always mm. looking for disruption of the existing business models. Right. They welcomed anything and everything. Mm. So now we are looking at what are the new asset classes. I think the first thing to take place will be new experiences like virtual tours, Virtual concerts are already happening 
and virtual adventures, so entertainment and and then virtual work. So all these asset classes and virtual fashion, I think these are the four or five easy asset classes I can see which will come up in the near term. And of course, there'll be a lot more new classes which I don't know as of now. Yeah, a lot is still unknown, isn't it? So in the meantime, yeah. what's your advice to investors who are looking ahead to the metaverse? I mean, what exactly should they be watching out for? How can they process all of this better, even at this early stage? So, give you an example, what Microsoft did, then you will understand what I, my message. Microsoft is entering virtual work, huh, which is for enterprise environment, metaverse, but they have acquired a gaming company, Activision Blizzard, right? So yes. Even for, for enterprise business, they acquired a gaming company. So, you can imagine the value of the content, the value of video gamers, gaming companies. So, I think that content companies who can who can actually build some good, immersive, persistent content that will be really valuable for Metaverse. And you should, as investors, you should be looking at those companies because ultimately they will drive the whole Metaverse and there are people who can provide you technology, but technology is not enough. Right, for sure. That content. Yeah. What are the risks that people need to be aware of, though? Risks are, risks will be the regulation because mm. uh, if you think about it, Metaverse, uh, right now, anyone can do anything and there's a, and the identities are not really disclosed. So all these things need to be resolved in terms of uh, digital authentication as the first thing. I, I, I can tell you today, a uh, lot of companies are working to make sure that you can buy NFTs using fiat currencies, mm. not just crypto. Okay, so when, it hap- when this happens, actually, then you can buy NFTs using you know, credit cards and all those stuff. Then I think it will become more mainstream to buy NFTs. Okay, but till the time, you know, we have all these... Uh, crypto, crypto's uh, currency volatility, we have this regulatory risk. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. You know, when you mentioned NFTs, there are also questions about ownership of NFTs. Apparently, some companies tell you that you only own the digital asset for a limited number of months or years and people aren't aware of it because the contracts are so complicated. So this brings me to all of the legal requirements that need to be in place and how perhaps legal frameworks can also be an active part of this instead of just catching up with technology perhaps it's time that the legal fraternity set the tone for how all of this will be regulated what's your view on that oh, not just uh, not just uh, language of complexity of nfts mm. there are numerous counterfeit nfts exactly that people are selling nfts they're not even the owners and the <laughs> artist doesn't even know <laughs> you see, that's what I mean. So there's fraud going on. There's no protection or not very much protection, or it's just difficult to get access to some sort of legal recourse. So what do governments really need to look into at this time? So, so, so I think NFTs and metaverse should be seen separately. But nonetheless, I will still tell you mm. that uh, NFTs are, is, is still, still uh, you know, has to go through a lot more, uh, I would say, vigilance by regulators before it's something which can take off and that is and we have pointed out two issues one you pointed by you complexity mm. and i pointed out counterfeit nfts mm. so all these issues need to be sorted out first and and then we'll see it take off also something else that's been brought up is digital inclusion the metaverse while it is in some sense an unknown in some sense risky it also has 
potentially a lot of benefits for society, but not everyone might be in on it, depending on how accessible it is. What more do you think needs to be done in terms of digital inclusion? I mean, not just for investors who already know what it's all about or who get in on the ground floor, but even as we move forward, you know, you shouldn't put aside those in society who might need some help with all of this, right? I'll give you an example. Good question. Okay. How many people can travel internationally? Okay. So with Metaverse, uh, you know, you can be sitting in your room and you can have a live interactive tour of Louvre Museum, you know, without burning a hole in your pocket. So you will have a really international travel expand to a large chunk of population because of Metaverse, right? And uh, so to me, to me, the, the, this whole uh, concept of having a live tour when you physically go there is, is good, but it's very expensive. I think Metaverse will resolve all these issues at least and bring it to the mass market in that sense. So I'll call it a digital inclusion, right, for these people who didn't have a chance to travel to those locations. As long as they can afford the hardware and the software you need. I think uh, now computer hardware and software is getting cheap, right? I mean, all of us have at least something, a smartphone. (laughs) I mean, I think the initial equipment that was released was quite expensive. But over the last few months, we've seen some of those prices come down as well. Okay, one last thing, Sachin. Your advice to businesses who are looking to capitalize on this huge market opportunity that you spoke of. So I think the first stage is, will be when businesses will put virtual tours and virtual products you know, into their existing business model. That's the first stage. Okay, it's not the real metaverse. Uh, for example, Thomas Cook, I, I can tell you, before you go to the tour in Europe, they, they kind of show you a virtual tour of the places you will visit. Now, Gartner, which is a very conservative research house, says by 2026, 30% of businesses uh, will have metaverses, which, in, which is just in uh, less than four years from now. So those will be leading organizations. So in that sense, uh, you know, all of us or all of organi- most organizations need to start working on their metaverse strategy now. And your parting advice for investors looking to put money into the metaverse? Okay. For Metaverse, I think initial uh, initial takeoff is in the semicon stage or the hardware company. But again, uh, it will be very difficult to for investors to kind of select the winners in this space. One thing is sure, the content companies are the most valuable companies. So go for the go for those companies which are good at making content, and those those companies will be the long term winners in Metaverse, along with the video gamers, video gaming companies. Yeah, you can't forget them, right? Thank you very yeah. much, Sachin. Sachin Mittal is head of Telecom Media and Technology Research at DBS. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.